The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and this is the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today, got a long-time good friend of mine, Kristen Miller, who's the president of retail property management for JLL, which is one of the largest commercial real estate companies in the U.S. and, and the world. And so we're delighted to have her here. Kristen, how are you? I am great. John, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's always a pleasure to get some time with you. want to start off with, uh, would you mind from your worldview, go ahead and give us your thoughts on the commercial real estate market today? Uh, I think we're, for retail particularly, we're in great shape. It, it's going to be an excellent year. Um, I saw you last at the International Council of Shopping Centers event in New York in December. And one of my biggest takeaways from that conference was for the first time in a long time, not one person said cautiously optimistic. Everybody is, it's just optimism at this point. Um, we're, we're, in a, we're just in a great place for, for, real estate, for retail real estate in particular through 2024. Uh, that's a pretty strong statement. I agree with you. That's what I felt as well. I just really like the way you've categorized that of like taking away uh, the, uh, cautious away from it and just pure optimism. That's pretty solid. And by the way, after hearing years of negative news about retail that didn't really come true, uh, that's also refreshing. It, it really is. And and it's all, I think the year to come clearly is going to be guided by, well, it'll be a reflection of interest rates, right? I think that's the, that's the big thing that we're looking at. As we see more clarity around interest rates, a more, um, I, don't, I don't want to say normalcy, but the, the market will will just get steadier as everybody understands where interest rates are going. And interest rates are, are important because they affect development. It affects leasing deals today. Um, it they at the end of the day affect consumer competence, which we're heavily dependent on. Sure. So that's you know, that's really what we're all watching. So go a little deeper. Um, um, tell me why the word cautiously has, has, has gone away and replaced with just optimism. Tell, give me more context in your mind. What is that? What's driving that? Um, I think that we're all feeling less uncertainty about what, what will happen with interest rates in this coming year. And so as everybody's feeling a little more confidence around, in particular, the fact that interest rates are unlikely to rise much more. Um, the Fed is targeting a 2% uh, um, inflation rate. We're hovering in the low threes. That suggests that interest rates won't continue to go up. If anything, the expectation is as we move into the year, get into the second half, that interest rates will start coming down. Well, we, so as we are all practitioners in real estate and we're watching that and feeling that and consumers are feeling it, it makes it, it removes the cautious the, the cautiousness from it all. There's just more confidence, both consumer as well as uh, real estate professional confidence in what's coming in this year. I would add on that. I would imagine that you don't have this looming worry about uh, a bunch of big bankruptcies coming up this year either. Uh, that that the retailers that are in your portfolio nationwide, you you clearly must have some signs that they're all paying the rent, and you're not getting any kind of whisper of. A blank is going to close a thousand stores. That 
that's not something you're kind of feeling. I'm putting words in your mouth, but is, is that part of it as well? That's absolutely part of it. And so the effect of all of this is, so we're not expecting to see a rash of retailer closings. And in fact, we're not seeing it, right? We didn't expect it as we entered the year and not seeing it happen. There is sort of the only thing curbing growth in retail today is a lack of available space, um, which is, you know, on one hand, a pretty good problem to have. And on the other hand, a, a bit more difficult for the retailers that are looking to expand. And there are many retailers looking to expand. But the, the nice part is that we didn't overdevelop retail space during the during you know the last cycle. So we have limited space available for retailers, which means and we're not seeing new space come online. To your point, John, we're not seeing a, a you know a high level of closings. So that's allowing the occupiers and owners of of, of multi-tenant or single-tenant real retail real estate to be very. Uh, strategic and thoughtful about how they use their, you know, their limited amount of space, mm-hmm. and it's allowing actually an improvement in property fundamentals, like by releasing space, taking available space, and being very smart about how we, how we use it. But then also taking even occupied space and looking at opportunities to get to take it back if there is a way that we can improve on the offering for the consumer. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to create something that the, the, the consumer, that the shopper wants and, and will enjoy. So we're constantly tweaking properties to make them more and more and more appealing to our shopper. I think that's uh, such a great point and, and really insightful. You know, one of those things that seemed like it came out of COVID was you had retailers pre-COVID thinking uh, a lot about downsizing. COVID happened, and then you had this thing called social distancing. And so all of a sudden there was a need to like have more space. And then maybe through that whole, that transition has had a lot of conversation of what's the right size. Right. And then that dovetails into what you're talking about today of lack of availability. And that's creating more opportunities for, you know, uh, creative thinking. And I guess it even kind of involves uh, local government where like some retailers, maybe they can't really fit in a space or maybe it's a restaurant unless they have outside dining and so it's creating those conversations that maybe have not happened, and that can be a good thing too. Is is that right? Yes, and that's exactly right. So interestingly enough, some retailers are going into a larger format. Some retailers are trying out smaller formats. But to your point about, I think almost what you're getting at is, at post-COVID, we've become more flexible all the way around. Mm-hmm. There's just more flexibility showing up, flexibility in lease terms, flexibility in you know getting creative around the type of space that that one will go into and flexibility not only by the owners of properties by landlords but by government it is it's absolutely true we uh we have an anchor tenant we were meeting with the rich just recently and talking about expanding them and we met with them with an architect uh, just to kind of brainstorm and part of the brainstorming was uh, because they have really high ceilings like adding a mezzanine level and we kind of went back and forth and cited against it but to your point, it was just interesting sitting there with the tenant, having an open conversation of like, how do we how do we get there with this? How do we help them expand? And it was funny. At one point, uh, one member of the tenant's team was coming at me a little aggressively. And I, I looked at him. I said, listen, I need you to stop. Like, we're not negotiating. We're here to help you. We're here to try to figure this out. And it's going to be open book. Like, if the number makes sense, we're going to do this. If it doesn't, for either of us, we won't. So, And then he really softened up and it turned into a great meeting. 
Uh, but that creative relooking at things, trying to be on the same team was really helpful. Yeah. And I think so that the, the collaboration around problem solving, mm. I don't know that I've ever seen it more on display in my, you know, in my tenure in the industry than, it is, than what I'm seeing today. People, we are all together. It, it, it's almost as if, we, if there's a recognition that we can all win together. I love that. And go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, it's an interesting time to be a part of this industry. Yeah. We're going to take a break in just a second, but I, but I think that's a, uh, the, the, you know, your quote, the Kristen Miller quote of it's the greatest time of collaboration and problem solving by all members of the industry. And that includes the tenant, the landlord, the broker, uh, the, the architect, like really working together that, that I, I think that's a unique thing. I think you've really captured that in one sentence. So that's awesome. Um, Kristen, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, I really just want to ask your advice about leadership. You know, you've, you've, you've been in a lot of different roles, seen a lot of things, and you're, you're a pretty significant leader in your own right. Uh, so I'm just going to ask you about some uh, traits of leadership. So we're going to take a quick break and then come right back uh, with Kristen Miller, the president of retail property management at JLO. This is John Crossman. I work with a lot of vendors in the commercial real estate industry. And I got to tell you, One of my favorite ones ever is my friends over at Construction Unlimited, Florida's premier roofing company, and they bridge the craftsmanship with the pinnacle of innovation. They're just one of the best groups because of the trust, the expertise, the quality, and my favorite part, they're really committed to the community. When you're thinking about roofing construction needs, keep Construction Unlimited at the top of your list. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com Once again, here's John Crossman. We are back. Kristen Miller, President of Retail Property Management, JLL. Kristen, we have a lot of our listeners, our young professionals, college students, um, you know, interested in careers in real estate and lifting up in their careers in real estate. And some of them might aspire to be uh, president or CEO. So with that in mind, what are the most important traits you see uh, for leaders in, in our industry and in business in general? Uh, excellent question. I, you know, there's so many different ways to think about leadership and to talk about leadership, just a, in infinite number of ways. But in my mind, when I really boil it down, the, the first thing that has to happen is a leader has to understand the mission, really deeply understand and believe in the mission, whatever it may be. And whether it's for, you know, a business team, for, you know, for a, for a corporation or for a not not for profit organization, whatever it may be, if you're when I was working within a t- within a team of people, the, that leader has got to understand the mission, be able to articulate it. Be, if they're really good, they're pretty crisp in their explanation of it, but get 
the get the um, mission to be understood by everybody. Then the second thing that happens is like that's great. So now everybody understands the mission. Maybe it's to sell the most Girl you know, the greatest number of Girl Scout cookies, whatever it may be, or to create the greatest profits, you know, in the history of a company. Whatever the mission is, it's understood by everybody. But the next thing that happens, the leader doesn't stop there. The leader has got to commit, to commit to achieving that mission. And commitment takes the form of resourcing it properly. Um, it takes the form of uh, making sure that he or she actually acts in accordance with the mission, whatever it may be. For example, it might be something as simple as reducing travel and entertainment costs. But if the leader doesn't behave the same way that the leader is asking everybody else to behave around that, then uh, you know, people will see through that. And that, that, won't be a good, that will not be a sign of, of uh, strong leadership. And along the way, that the leader works with others to set the strategies to achieve those goals. And then the la- kind of the last thing I'd say around this, there's again, thousands of ways to talk about leadership, but, but along this sort of line of thinking is leadership only happens in, in, because there are other people involved. It's, right? there, there are other people involved. And so a really good leader genuinely recognizes and rewards the contributions of others. Not about that one person. And that could be, you know, you see it in the sports team. Again, using my example of not for, a group of not-for-profit volunteers, the team running a business, it doesn't matter. There are many, there are people involved. So that leader has got to spotlight the efforts of others, may, may demonstrate appreciation through financial reward, whatever it is, but it takes other people. Yeah, acknowledgement. That was a brilliant answer. I'm so glad I asked the question. Um, let me go back, and I want to just comment a little bit on one things you said. Uh, first, one understand the mission. I volunteered with a really cool nonprofit many years ago, and um, they, you know, needed to raise money, and so they said we need to have a golf tournament. And I don't know anything about golf. I always say my golf score mm-hmm. is like a professional yeah. bowler score, and oddly enough, my bowling score is like <laughs> a professional golfer score. So they told me, don't worry about it. We have this thing called the golf toolkit, and we send this box. It's got information, and it'll help you do the whole thing. So I kid you not, Kristen, the day of the golf tournament, the guy that is there helping me, and he's got the toolkit, he's opening up, something like that. And so as he was explaining it, I finally looked at him, and I said, wait a minute. This isn't about golf. This is about fundraising. What do we need to do to like find the people to donate the money? That's what we need. And he looked at me, and he goes, well, I don't know how to do that. And it hit me in that moment to your point was he didn't understand the mission. Like the mission was not a golf tournament. The mission was raise money. Right. Right. And so I really heard you loud and clear on that one. It's like, you know, it's like in the hotel business, they say, you know, heads on beds, right? Like you can have the best looking lobby in the world, but if no one's staying in the hotel, it doesn't matter. It's heads on beds. So I thought that was really, really great. That's a brilliant example. We've all lived it where we've been a part of something and and the, the person that we were looking to to lead it really couldn't 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 didn't understand what we were there to do and couldn't help us to understand what we were there to right. do. Right. Right. And you're correct. Yeah. You see it at profits and nonprofits. On your second mm-hmm. point of like is a commit to the mission, I had a guy that was my boss for a very brief part of my career way back in the old days. And I always, when I refer to the stories of the worst leadership I've ever seen, he always comes up. Like I literally could write a book on chapter 12 of things he did. And one of them I'll never forget is the, they had a leadership committee that was doing like nonprofit kind of stuff. 
and he was uh, and and they were doing little events. And so they went to him and said, "Hey, can we have some money to donate to this charity?" And he said, "No, there's no money in the budget." And I kid you not, at the end of the year, we found out that there was money. He gave it all to the private charity that was his personal passion. And so it, it, I mean, people hated him, you know, but, but when you talked about like your example of reducing travel entertainment, that that hit me in the face. Like I heard you say it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're right. Like if that, if that person's flying first class and they're going all this stuff and not doing the job, you know, absolutely. There was a, a woman that worked for a trade association and you may, you probably do know this person. She's not with the association anymore. But I remember her flying to China to hand out an award. And I remember thinking, why are we flying this person to China? And it was really evident they were just sort of taking the money for a free trip to China. Right. Right. Member dollars. And, and then it gets back to, wait a minute, that contradicts mission. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, when people start doing uh, those types of things, and, and it's a form of in, inauthenticity, when that happens, it, you, you can't hide it for long, right? Mm-hmm. The people around us feel those things and um, and behave accordingly. Well, and then on your last point about followers and appreciation, I think it was Napoleon that said that men will die for the small scrap of a ribbon. And I think that's just one way of saying it. it's like all human beings want to be seen, right? And so your point, mm-hmm. like part of it clearly is monetary, but man, it's a big deal to thank you. So I, I did a, uh, I did, I brokered a sale of a shopping center one time and it was on Disney property and I bought every single person involved, including the admin all the way up to the, the lawyers, to the buyer, the seller, Mickey Mouse ears with their names printed on the back and people yeah. lost their minds, right? They really appreciate yeah. it, but it was, it was just, it was appreciation, yeah. you know? Um, well, and I also, I find that people... Uh, the people that I have the, the the great pleasure and honor to work with really really want to contribute. They they want to do yeah. good work. They're they're purposeful about it. They're they're spending a whole lot of their lives working towards something, and they want to make valuable, good contributions to what what we're whatever we're aiming for. And and in and it's only fair in exchange that the leader. Make sure that they get at, they get completely full, you know full recognition for those contributions. Um, I want to say one thing real quick. We got about fifty six seconds left in this segment okay. uh, before we wrap up. Uh, but here's the deal: for people listening to this, if they were just wondering, like, "Hey, John, you know, you you know, Kristen, she's a major leader in the industry nationwide. She's a big deal. You, what's your observation of her that that she didn't mention? And this is what I'll say: is industry involvement. Right. Like Kristen mm-hmm. goes to all the major mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. And she volunteers at him and she gets stuff done. And to me, like as like as a volunteer, like I know that if like if I'm on a panel with Kristen, she's going to crush it. I know if Kristen's leading a committee, she's going to crush it. If somebody called me and said, hey, I'm thinking about using uh, JLL property management in Seattle and, and my contacts, Kristen, how do you think they're going to do? My assumption is because they're going to crush it. Right. And it's not that I know anything about property management in Seattle. I don't. But if Kristen's name on it, my brain is everything I see her do is crushing it. I think a lot of people miss that. I think a lot of people don't comprehend that the volunteerism that you do when you take so seriously, it's had great impact. And with that, we got to wrap up. So Kristen Miller, thanks for being on here. I just want to say you're one of my favorite people in the industry. Thanks for making the industry better. And thanks for giving us some time today. 
Thank you, John. I, I'm so appreciative of getting to spend this time with you. And uh, my, I would say exactly the same back at you. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thanks for being on here. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our last segment. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's Professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge, backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. Mike Gillen, how are you, sir? Hi, John. I am doing well, my All man. Right, so we're back here at the final edition talking about Kristen Miller, uh, president of Retail Private Management at JLL. You know, first off, uh, I loved her quotes about the retail real estate industry. She um, had some great uh, news bites right she there. She did. Man. I mean, when she said, hey, they used to say cautiously optimistic, now like remove the word cautiously. I mean, I'm going to quote her for a long time on that one. I thought that was very powerful, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then she brought the data uh, to back it up of like, and that wasn't out of nowhere. It was, it was something it was significant. And then the second part, when she said, it, it's a season of collaboration on problem solving. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a great one. It right? is great. I mean, yeah. I, I almost like think like, man, you could start a lot of meetings with like, hey, let's make sure this is a collaboration yeah. of problem solving. But both those were just, you know, she started with one end and with the other. I thought I thought those were excellent comments. You know, for me, as a listener here, and not in the real estate business like either of you are, I was blessed to hear so many people, she represents obviously a lot of people, as do you, that so many people, in even in this culture, that there is some positivity happening. It's not all negative. I mean, we hear plenty of negative stuff. Sure. But to have somebody say that they're expecting this to be a great year. Yeah. I mean, that's really a wonderful thing to hear. Yeah. I don't care what your background is. Yeah, no, listen. And then uh, moving over to the stuff about leadership, I thought she was completely on point. You know, understand the mission, you know, commit to the mission, get everybody else on the mission. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The whole thing about realizing that a person's functional junket to China was being off mission. Right. Wow, that's well said. Yeah, and it's and, and she got there so quickly with that of like, hey, it, it might seem like an idea or a good idea, but you have to come back to like, how is this advancing what we're doing? And look, I thought that was a bold thing too. Like, hey, we're going to limit travel and entertainment. Well, then you better be, you know, eating at Arby's and not at, you know, yeah. the, the Ritz-Carlton, right? Like if you are not abiding by that, I mean, that's an exaggeration, obviously, but it, it's having some level of thought to that. And I've it seen is. it violate sometimes. Yeah. 
And then the last thing is like, I really wanted to hit that point about industry involvement. And, you know, she, she's told me privately that she always tells people like, look, if you want to get involved in an industry event, don't just sign up, get your name out there. She's like, you got to get in there and work it, working hard, like you're working a job. Yeah. And, you know, again, like sometimes you look at a successful person, you think, huh, how did they get there? But you have to really like do the things they do to get there. And I'm telling you, I, <laughs> Kristen and I have probably seen each other. I, I, I bet you there's, it, it could be at least 20 cities. I mean, like it's something mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah. have I seen her in Miami, New York, Chicago, LA, San Francisco? I may mean, go on Washington, D.C. Like, yes, like every major market. I don't know that we've ever seen each other in our hometowns, right? But it's just like when you're out there traveling and you're in your hustling, there she is. And so she's yeah. making it happen. It says know? a whole lot about a person who has such a scope of cities that's under their belt at JLL. Yeah. I mean, they are everywhere. They're everywhere. It's a huge corporation. So, well, anyway, as always, thanks for being here with me, Mike. You got good it. stuff. Until next time, this has been the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.